Welcome back, y'all. This is our episode of Bumblebee on the podcast Rewind. Uh, my name is Kat, and I have one with us together. Reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> so today we are talking about Bumblebee, uh, the movie that was. Uh, it actually came out last year. Two thousand. Did it come out last year? I think it was Christmas. So it was I think it was a Christmas movie. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, like right before Christmas. Well, we are just now watching it. So we just got back from the movies, finally saw it, and we were really contemplating on whether to go see this movie or not. And I would say it was a solid, solid movie. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, But just to backtrack a little bit about Bumblebee, the movie, in case you guys don't know. Um, so this is to reference the old 80s Bumblebee movie. Um, this is really the story about Bumblebee and how Autobots came to Earth or Transformers in general. Um, so I thought it was really cool to kind of be a flashback movie and take us back to the 80s. There were a lot of 80s puns. One, in case you don't know. Two, did you see them? What? The 80s puns? No. You didn't see the 80s references? I mean, there was a ton of it. it def- I mean, it was in the 80s, but I don't know which ones you're talking about. Yeah, like the Smiths, watching the... Oh, Alf. Yeah, and uh, then watching The Breakfast Club. There were so many good things. Um, I thought it was really cool to see a little bit of 80s throwback in there. But, yeah, so you want to start about some thoughts? So... Yeah, I mean, I know you kind of went over a little bit, but the Bumblebee uh, story was really cool because it really did a good job of isolating him from the rest of the Transformers that we know um, that are out there. Obviously, Optimus Prime being another main character of the Transformers series. But, yeah, I think it really gave an opportunity for us to see uh, a little bit about Bumblebee and just his connection with uh, Earth. You know, he was he was the first one to actually make it over um, as he was kind of protecting uh, what was going on, and obviously to bring the gang over to to Earth. Um, so that was really neat. And then obviously it started him out with the Volkswagen, uh, the Bug. So that was really cool. I got a chance to to go back to another yellow car that he was originally in uh, the comics and the TV series before uh, what everyone I think knows him now is with with the Camaro. So um, that was really neat. And I, I will tell you, I think the other thing that really stood out to me was how they started out in California, like San Francisco. It was just awesome. Like, all the scenery they had on there um, was just so beautiful. It was so cool. And especially, you know, I was out there in San Francisco not too long ago, and that was my first time. And I just felt like, man, I'd want to go back to San Francisco again. And just that time, like the <laughs> the, the clothing, the music, um, it was really neat. So here, listening to the story uh, and watching the story of Bumblebee was, was really, really cool for the first time, I guess, being introduced to him. Honestly, as, a, as someone who did not read the comics and knows really nothing about Bumblebee, I, I don't know, I guess I'm not cultured enough, but uh, seeing this movie like for the first time and understanding really the origins of Transformers was really a great story. Uh, like I truly understood why Transformers had come to Earth. I understood um, what Bumblebee's like storyline really was. I also love Haley. Like 
her as an actress, she is absolutely amazing. Uh, she actually plays Charlie in the movie. Uh, she has such a beautiful voice. She's a great singer. She plays in Pitch Perfect as well, and I think it's really cool to see her be a part of Bumblebee. Um, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really excited to see her. Oh. But <laughs> for someone who hasn't seen uh, Bumblebee or all of the Transformers or even know the storyline of Transformers, I felt like it was a good origin story to understand the beginning. Yeah. Well, I think um, as, as we look at this podcast and we look at, you know, we want to try and capture our feelings uh, about the movie and, and hopefully just showcase uh, and just talk about why we think either you should watch it, not watch it, hold off. It's I, I honestly, I don't know that there's, it, it just based on time, I, I don't know that it's going to last in the theaters. I mean, it's now been in the theaters for almost two months, so obviously it's been doing well. Um, otherwise, they would have cut it a while ago, but it's been in the theaters now for almost two months. Yeah, well, there really was impressive. only one theater in San Antonio that had it right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I guess if we were to go into it, what was your thoughts on, um, you know, from your perspective, you're, you don't know too much about the Transformers stuff, so I'm just kind of curious, what was it about Bumblebee that you liked or something that you felt like stood out? Um, well, him losing his voice, like, I, I didn't understand why, like, when I first saw the Transformers movie with Shia LaBeouf like I didn't understand why Bumblebee didn't have a voice because all the other Transformers out there had a voice so like what happened and I know Optimus shared it a little bit in the very first uh, movie with Shia LaBeouf that I saw but like now it just opened up my eyes to see like oh my god this dude literally lost his voice in battle and like it's just crazy to me. That was probably the best part of the story that I really liked or the first part that I picked up that I really enjoyed. So, yeah. What about the, uh, the story to Charlie? Um, for Charlie's story, I felt, I felt like it was a little slow. Um, like I didn't, I didn't understand what happened to her dad. And then I didn't understand really, like, the family storyline. Um, I thought she did a great job with being that, that rebel child. So I know that something tragically or a tragedy happened to her and her family. But I had no idea what it was. And I thought it was good at the very end, like, to go ahead and describe it. Or, like, as she was getting to know Bumblebee, that's when we started to find out certain things. So as Bumblebee was finding out about her, we as an audience were also finding out about her as well. So that was pretty cool. But I felt like it could have been a little bit, um, like, where the audience could know at least what had happened. We didn't know if, like, her dad went missing or if he had passed or if he was murdered or was put in jail or if he straight up just left, left the family until Bumblebee found out like what was going on with her dad. What about you? I think, um, I think it was a really great connection to, to her and, and to building a story. Um, I was actually just as interested about Bumblebee as I was with her, um, you know, and finding out the connection she had with her dad and fixing cars. And, you know, I don't know that most people can relate to that, but I certainly enjoy, you know, working alongside my dad when it comes to these projects and working on cars. And so, that quickly captured me, and um, it was just really neat. It was really neat to see that story kind of build from there. Yeah. Um, she had someone who was a stepdad trying to fit into that family. I don't. I have no idea what that's like. 
Um, but you know, he was definitely trying, the mom was trying and the brother was trying. And then you have every other thing that has to do with eighties in there, which, um, you, you could, you could, you could laugh. There was really, really good humor and how it was used and when it was used. And, you know, when you, when you talk about Bumblebee's voice, it's just really cool that, you know, there's a lot of songs out there and music is something I think many people connect with, but for him to find something and communicate it and, um, it, it's, it's really cool. And then that relationship that they were building together was really neat as well. Yeah, I agree. It was pretty cool. Um, I also liked how, I mean, for me, I, I've, I grew up watching Transformers and it was, it's good and bad. I, I, I wish I would have, you know, seen Megatron. This was the first time I think in Transformers we haven't seen Megatron. Um, I think we all are familiar with it for those that have watched at least the, the most recent movies and, and, uh, and, and the cartoons from back in the day, but they didn't really focus on him. They didn't focus on Optimus. Um, it was really like a spotlight, a spotlight movie for Bumblebee and yeah. his true story. So that was really cool. Yeah, and then you had um, you you had other people who were who were playing the other villains uh, alongside, and you know, I it was it was good seeing that. Um, and I think as you think about like we don't need to know too much about what happened to Cybertron. Like we knew the planet, uh, was going to basically be going away. It was dying. Um, and all the, all the rest of the Autobots kind of spread out throughout the galaxy, throughout the universe. Um, so that was really neat. I think what you're going to get in this movie, um, if you really, really enjoy a story, I think it's definitely worth watching. Uh, I think the acting was really great. They, a lot of the movies prior to this were, um, they were directed by Michael Bay, and so I kept having to tell myself that they weren't um, because I was waiting for certain explosions and the certain um, way that the lights are beaming and glares and you know solar flares and all this stuff that's going on. Um, but this is the first uh, Transformer movie that was not directed by Michael Bay. It was actually directed by Travis Knight. And if you look up the really the rest of the work that Travis Knight has done, he's worked a lot with uh, animations that really have great stories for for children. Things like uh, Kubo, uh, which is a fantastic movie that I've seen, uh, along with Box Trolls. And so, I I think he brought a lot of that, you know, especially with films that you just want to have a connection and you not you just want to go in there to watch just for action, you know. Um. When you think about, obviously, they brought in a big character, a big actor like John Cena. How, how do you think for you that that kind of went? Um, well, this is my first time. Was this John Cena's first movie ever? No. No? no? Oh, okay. Well, this was my first time seeing him in a movie ever. So this was my first. Maybe not his first. Uh, honestly, I, I felt like he did he did all right. Um I didn't. I didn't really have an expectation for him. So to be honest, like I, w- I feel like my opinion may not be as like strong or, um, yeah, I guess it, it wouldn't be as strong as maybe other people who follow John Cena or even have watched those other movies. Um, so I, I felt like it was a good storyline with him. And honestly, you didn't really see a lot of him. You just saw him really at the beginning towards the middle and then at the end like I love that this movie really just highlighted all of Charlie and Bumblebee like if you think about it most of the time you watch Charlie and Bumblebee at least like 
85% of the movie. They were on the screen. So, um, but I knew, I knew John Cena's storyline along the, from the beginning to the end was going to be, um, like he was going to be an antagonist to Bumblebee. So I knew somewhere they were going to have to either fight or he was going to take the Decepticon side or there was going to be some beef that was happening between them. But that was set at the very beginning. Um, but I just I really enjoyed seeing Charlie and Bumblebee's relationship grow so much together that honestly, like she challenged him to be better and he challenged her to be better and to open up and be vulnerable. So that that was just like my favorite part of the whole movie is just their relationship growing. Yeah, and there was a lot of suspense, especially when they when you look at the military, for example, and I think it was called S seven. I always forget what the oh, sector, sector seven. Sector seven. Yeah. So that it was, was finally brought back. Yeah, that was cool to see how it got started. But they weren't they weren't there originally that were supporting the Transformers. Um, but you could tell, like you 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 got a little bit of anxiety because you knew that they were about to support this the, the Decepticons and they were really partnering up with the wrong side, but they didn't know that. So that was neat, you know, just being able to, to be a part of that as it was building, knowing like, oh man, this is not good. Um, and then you have, um, uh, you know, someone like, uh, who's another fantastic actor, John Ortiz. He was, I just know him as, uh, the guy from Fast and Furious. He was one of the villains on there. Um, and I already forget the name that was on the villain as there, but, um, it was really cool to see him. Um, how do you, so you have John Cena, right? I think you kind of mentioned already, it was just kind of beginning, middle, end, and then you have uh, a lot of the focus on Charlie. How do you feel like the eighties helped it or didn't help it? I feel like I'm getting interviewed right now about this movie. <laughs> asking me a lot of questions. Well, I'm, 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 I'm actually curious <laughs> because I, I thought, like, when you look at the music soundtrack for, for people who love 80s music, um, it was really cool. And especially, like, I'm, I'm a, I love the song Take On Me by AHA. And hearing that play up, I was already singing along. Um, and then It Takes Two. Um, the cars were on there. It was a really, really good soundtrack. So how do you feel like that, that made it, did it make it, did it, that, is that what made the movie? Cause you think of like guardian of the galaxy, right? And you think about like the mixtape and really the music goes along and you're like, man, if it wasn't for this music. Um, well, I think the music plays, plays a big part in it, but I do think it being set in the 80s also tells a story because I feel like if it would have been set in any other, uh, I guess, era or decade, uh, I don't know if it would be the same. Like, if you think about it, like, if it was in the 70s, like, I don't think it, like, the whole color scheme, the outfits, everything would be different if it was set in a different decade. So I guess, like, to answer your question, like, yeah, I think it definitely plays a huge part, it being set in the 80s, because Charlie's outfits were always, like, she always wore, like... Leather jacket. Leather jacket, ripped jeans, boots. Now they're called mom jeans because they're, like, high-waisted, but they're not tight. Um, So bringing a little bit of flair into there. I think it it played a, a big role, because if I think about... If it was set in 70s and if she was the rebel child in the 70s decade, that char- her character would be totally different. 
Mm. Her whole outfit changed. Like, black eyeliner wouldn't be there. Like, that's very an 80s thing um, with the black eyeliner and then also all of her outfits. So, yeah, I would say the 80s also made the storyline a little bit. I think something, as you bring her character up, they talked a little bit about how she was, like, a diving champion and something very similar. They 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 brought it up. You knew that she was – it was something that she did with her dad. Towards the middle um, – and, again, sorry for ruining – for those that are watching but towards the middle there's a scene where they're they're kind of peer pressuring her to jump she doesn't jump then in the end she does jump but she jumped for bumblebee and she she almost had like this reason as to why she wanted to not just get back in the water but kind of reflect back on her time well Um, the reason uh, so like yeah she did do diving with her dad but her last dive sorry for ruining it spoiler alert Uh, pause here if you haven't seen the movie or if you'd like to continue continue listening but the last dive that she did that was the last time she saw him so although it may have been like a connection where she definitely did all of her meets and competitions with diving and her dad would be there I think it was more impactful to the story because her her last dive was the last time her dad was alive so her taking a dive for someone who was peer pressuring her to dive because everybody else was doing it. And there was this big party and this, I guess, popular kid had just jumped off a cliff and everybody's like, Haley or Charlie, jump off the cliff. She's not going to jump off for some dude. Like it has to be super impactful because the last time she jumped in the water was the last time she saw her dad. Yeah, and I think as you fast forward towards the end, and again, it please, hopefully you guys have watched the movie by now. It's been two months. But um, towards the end, she almost like, she does say goodbye to Bumblebee. And so it almost does close the chapter on the story about who Charlie is and who that story was, but that we know it's it's not going to keep going. Yeah. Um, so it was a cool, hey, get to know you. It was great getting to know you. It's on now to the rest of the Transformers and why they're here, uh, which was really neat. Um, Something else that stood out was if you have watched the rest of the Transformer movies, um, I really, really like the old school look of them. They were definitely all like the the different um, helicopters and, you know, all the aircraft that was used down to the cars. I actually really like the muscle cars that were used as well um, with all the lights and big wheels and big engines like that was super cool um i'm like i want a car like that um so that was really neat the other thing uh i, I really enjoyed too is that the same way that they transformed when we and I, I it's weird to say this but we were introduced to the transformers and i feel like we're now spoiled like how they transform and now there's an expectation of how someone needs to turn a car into a robot and you could tell like it was like They've been doing this for so long. Like, I can't even think of how else to, to animate or the noises uh, that the Transformers make. It was almost like this, the, it, it just had great synergy from all the rest of the movies. Mm-hmm. All the same things that were used were awesome. And the same, one of the other things too is the same uh, voice actor who does uh, Optimus Prime as well was, uh, was on there. And bear with me because I honestly don't remember his name. Uh, yeah, Peter, Peter Cullen, that's what it was. 
but he does all the Optimus Prime voice, and so it's it was really neat to hear him too, and just to continue on the whole uh, Transformers franchise. Like, did it really restart anything? Ooh, you know what I really enjoyed is where Bumblebee's name came from. Like, I had no, I immediately thought that like Bumblebee was his name. Like, I didn't think it would have been like I never would have thought that it would have come from. A girl who he met. Yeah. Like, because his voice went out and he made a humming sound, she said, oh, you sound like a bumblebee, or you sound like a bee, and that's what I'm going to call you, is bumblebee. I'm like, what? Well, and, This and is the origin well, of Bumblebee. Well, you didn't see all the, all the bees well, and the beehives, too, from the car? I did, and I was like, uh, is this foreshadowing into something? <laughs> like, what's about to happen? So there's this giant, like, honeycomb at the bottom of, like, Bumblebee's, like, I don't know, wheel part. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but there's, like, a honeycomb, and there's bees flying all around this Bumblebee or Volkswagen Beetle that she goes and she finds, and she opens up the car, and there's all these bees inside of it, and then they're in the forest trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And she's like, I'm going to call you Bumblebee. It's actually a little bit better story. I kind of just summed it up. But it's, <laughs> it's really cute, so uh, you guys should definitely watch it. So let's um, we, we introduced the Rewind score uh, in the last podcast, so we would love to at least give you guys our score on this. Um, so as we take a few minutes, um, I'd love to, to just kind of open it up to, um, to you, Kat, if, what would be your score? So remember our, our rewind score, we just kind of base it out of 10 and we really measure five things. We measure soundtrack, um, what, how cool is it? Uh, visuals, story, acting, and then we put product design and director last time. So either, or you can give the credit to. But each category is full on two points max, so you can only do half scores uh, or half increments. Um, so it's at a half a point, one point, one point five, two, but max is two. Uh, gotcha. So where would you rate soundtrack? Um, well, do you, I mean, 80s, duh. Uh, I would probably say two. I mean, I love the 80s music soundtrack. Soundtracks with 80s music are just bomb. Yeah, I think I, I think it. it's been proven regarding the galaxy. Like it just works. So I agree. I'd give it a two as well. And honestly, this doesn't take away from the sound, the score, because the score soundtrack is all the other instrumentals that are used to build up music as well. This is specifically uh, what we're talking about is the music soundtrack that had to do with artists from the '80s. So, um, all right. So we give that a two. What about visuals? Um, visuals, I thought it was pretty good. There were definitely a lot of, like, fighting scenes, and then there was a lot of storyline scenes. Um, especially with, you know, like, you could tell a lot of the scenery parts with capturing San Francisco, like you had said. Um, I would probably, also, it really looked really cool. Like, what are, what are the visuals called when they put like robots in with people like green cgi, and CGI stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so cgi i felt like the cgi was actually pretty cool uh like even when she was about to like touch him or when she was hugging him like you could totally tell that it was a genuine hug like it wasn't like robotic or there was like 
it was awkward because <laughs> nothing was there, but something was there that we could see. Um, I, I definitely felt like every time they hugged or she was having a moment with him, like you could, you could just feel the emotions and you could feel it. And I feel, I don't think those feelings would have been so true if the visuals weren't there. So I, I would probably say like the two. Yeah. I thought the cinematography was just on point. There was a lot of shots that you could tell they used a drone on. Um, just a lot of overhead shots, really built scale. They used the bridge uh, in numerous shots from from the distance and then from up close. Um, and then you also had just the color grading that was just amazing. Uh, you could tell a lot of the stuff was shot in the day, and they just did a, a, an amazing job controlling light um, down to just really plain California and the whole thing. Like Yeah, 80s, 80s colors, was, 80s, you know. It was definitely, you was felt cool. like you were there. What was your rating? Uh, for me, it was a two as well. Oh, cool. So, now on to story. How do you feel about story? Uh, I felt like it was really good. Um, I, I mean, we already talked about their Bumblebees and Charlie's story. Um, I, I would probably say that this one would be... Mm, really hard i almost want to give it another two i really like this story okay um i wouldn't you i wouldn't like I, I get a full no I, I wouldn't because um it's weird it's almost like it felt it was about bumblebee right like yeah. obviously that's the title of it but i felt more about charlie, charlie. like you mm. could easily say this is charlie's movie and Knowing what the title is, knowing why they put this together, a lot of it is weighted on her, and it was almost like Bumblebee was number two. Again, like Bumblebee has been in all the other Transformer movies. He's number two to Optimus Prime, which is number one, and so I he hate... He still felt like he was number two? Yes. Wow. He was He was number two all the way. Char- Charlie's story just completely dominated Bumblebee. It's because he has no voice. You're saying I, that because he lost his voice. Uh, I feel I, like that's probably why. Like, he's not able to talk, and it's harder for him to talk. I, I also thought some of the writing was a little a little bit uh, – it, it could have been better. So I have to tie that into the story as well. I think when you look at her stepdad, some of the humor that was used was just, like, a little unnecessary. It definitely tried to play along the lines of being awkward, but I didn't really – understand that then the other character of like there's always another dude that somebody falls in love with and in this case it was someone named memo and like his awkwardness too it, it was great humor was on point but another another part of the story that really you could take him away and it didn't, make, it didn't do anything he was literally just a plug-in to the story that had no no impact whatsoever also how do you not know like, I don't know, I'm thinking, like, there's this house with a giant robot making all this noise. How do other neighbors not know about this? Like, <laughs> Or nobody has questions. <laughs> yeah, so some of the writing, again, it, it, I, think, I think it could have been better. It definitely brought a story to it, but I think it could have been better. I, I'd, I'd even say, like, maybe I won't give it a full two. I was already on the fence about one. I'd give it a one and a half on this one. Wow. Harsh. All right. What about acting? Um... Well, I mean, you brought a lot to my attention right now. Like, I didn't even think about some of the stuff you were thinking about. Uh, like, Memo, for sure. Like, 
he was just so funny and cute. But John Cena's acting was all right. <laughs> like, I know he started to show some emotion. Like, it was almost like he was about ready to cry at the end. And then he <laughs> saluted them. And I was like, what is happening? Like, John Cena could have, like, not cried or not saluted. I think he tries really hard. And I think he tries to take the same persona he has in the wrestling world on acting. And they don't always match. It's like he needs to work on his interpersonal savvy. <laughs> All right. Sorry, confidences out there. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I guess so. But I feel I, like... But it's it, not just about him. It's not just about him. So I want to make it fair. I also feel like it, it may have been hard for him to also, like be softer maybe it would have taken him longer and that wasn't in the time frame of the movie you know like yeah. it's just not him it's hard to change your personality for something yeah also like his character is kind of ra- random too they started out with paintballing then it was like he's apparently like some commander or something and then like I-, I didn't know where it was going as well and so again just i don't know if it's more on the writing part but the acting um, I think someone like Kaylee definitely brought it, but outside of that, I'd say it's a one. That's very true. Although I did really, really enjoy Otis. Her little brother, he was so hilarious. Like when they were in the car after Ron had been driving like super crazy, Otis's facial expressions, that is so real. Like he is a real actor you would not be able to add like as young as he is as a child or a kid or a preteen teenager I don't know how old he is but you could just tell that he was so genuine in that moment that I was like oh my god I absolutely love this kid right now like he is hilarious um but I definitely agree I think the acting I would probably give the acting maybe a 1.5 I'd say it's a one okay uh, so, like, moving on to production design and director. So, did you think that the – what was his name? Our director this time? Travis King? Travis Knight. Travis, Travis Knight. King. All right. I was close. Still in the, you know, medieval times. <laughs> Travis King. Uh, what would what would your directing okay, – What would my directing want? Be, yeah. like, the Burroughs core? Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought Travis did a really good job. Like, honestly, I think his – uh, he, he takes a lot and it was weird because I started paying attention to all the camera stuff but he takes a lot of like tight shots he focuses on a lot more of the of the person and the individual and then he goes to the other side of the spectrum which is a lot of wide shots to tell you the story he kind of stays out of this weird mid, mid, medium uh, shots I, I don't know if I can describe exactly what I'm talking about but yeah. many times he isolated the character he uses the rule of thirds very beautifully in the story like it, it, he definitely has a great eye um, for how he's storytelling. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, if it was Michael Bay, I, I still would have enjoyed it. I think Michael Bay is a great storyteller as well. Um, but we, we didn't have to focus too much on any explosions or things like that. It was it was just enough to get us going with the movie. The driving scenes in the hills, um, the, cl- the close-up shots, shots like the hug, things like you had some emotion going. He's really good at building that. Yeah, I would and then, say. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was also going to say the production design too. Like you had highlighted this earlier. I think things like the outfits that were used, the cars, um, that was really important down to the like. colors. Like 
you are also using headphones like the like a Walkman as well with the cassette. Oh yeah, that was cool. Record player, cassette player. Yeah. 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 And things like the color TV that Otis was mad about when it was broken. Like that's all he really cared about. And it's like, what happened? What did you do to my TV? Playing Atari. Like they did a good job of definitely capturing the moment. So I'd, I'd say my score is two on that part. Yeah, I would also say my score would be a two as well. I think the production and directing alongside the acting actually really made, or not the acting, I'm sorry, the storyline, the production design, and the directing really made this movie. Yeah. So what's your overall score? So I think if I had tallied up two, two, so that's four. The story, I gave it one and a half, so it was really just kind of being nice. So that's five and a half. Acting, I had given a one. That's six and a half with a two. Um, that's eight and a half. Eight and a half out of ten. I honestly thought it was a really good movie despite some of those other opportunities they had. But I thought it was a really solid movie. Nice. What about um, your score? Uh, I think mine was like a 9 or a 9.5, okay. so it's a little bit higher than yours. Uh, well, if you were curious, uh, when we went into the movie... Uh, we try not to watch a lot of reviews, but IMBD gave this one a 7.1 out of 10. I don't think it was that far off from us. And then you had the major score that gave it a 66, which is still positive. Um, but they were pretty somewhat in line with it. We weren't being really that hard on that movie. But it's a good movie to see, and I, I'm really excited for when it hits uh, Blu-ray and hopefully Netflix and things like that. It's a really good movie to watch. So, um, Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to add before we round it out then? No, I think that's about that's about it. Thanks for listening to our Bumblebee shenanigans review. We tried not to talk about it as much on our drive home. We were actually weren't anticipating on doing a podcast on it. We just came home and we were like, let's do a podcast. So Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys. This is our third episode now and Honestly, if there's uh, any any cool feedback or shout-outs, we would love to hear about them. Uh, we are on Twitter. Our Twitter is RWND Podcast, so that's Rewind Podcast, uh, if you guys want to give us a shout-out on through there. Uh, and then we also have an Instagram account as well, uh, which is uh, also Rewind Podcast. Yeah, it's the same as our Twitter handle, so check us out. Like our uh, photo, subscribe. Give us some feedback. Hit that like, subscribe. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, give us any feedback uh, or if you guys watch anything and you'd like to see our perspective of things, we'd love to give you our perspective. Yeah, and we do this for fun. Honestly, I think that's really our intention. We we love talking already about this stuff, so uh, we thought we'd just record and, and share it with you guys. We really do appreciate it. Um, and then the other thing I would add is a lot of the drawings we do between us two. And so the drawings that we have on our Instagram and the things that we attach on the covers for our podcast through Anchor, uh, it's all made by us. We, we love trying to draw and show off our skills. Um, but yeah, it may not be that great, but we're working on it. Yeah. Well, we would appreciate it if you guys said hi. Um, I think it, it does actually go a long way. We've enjoyed all the listeners that have been out there um, actually watching our channel. So thank you guys. Uh, other than that, we we appreciate you guys. Until next time, if there's one, uh, if there's a movie you guys like to see or hear us talk about, we can do that too. Let us know. How about right, your peeps? <laughs> Bye, guys.